Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. This week was lovely. I spent several days in the cold, windy, arid wilderness where I was able to purge my soul of all the undue stresses and crippling burdens which modern life has brought to bear on our short, fleeting, and vaporous lives. It was in this time that I was reminded of all the things that truly matter in life, one of which, unsurprisingly, was the beautiful game that we like to call football slash soccer. On that note, I'm happy to say that I am back in the studio tonight to discuss all things SRFC with the man who filled in so gallant for me in my absence. Zach, I have to say I was very impressed with your intro writing ability. It was truly inspirational. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. Thank you, Nolan. I, I did my best. You did your best, and it was good enough. I'm glad. Yeah. I, 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 uh, you know, it was a lot of pressure. Yeah, it was. The bar is set pretty high, yes. It's like... Yeah, anyway. Also <laughs> gracing us with his presence in the studio tonight is a man who I'm happy to say was my domestic partner last summer for the first two weeks of the Men's Whoa. World Cup group stages. Although our living situation lasted for only a blissful second, I'm forever thankful for his presence in those sweet, sweet times. Scott, how are you doing tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm doing good, boys. I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm doing Everybody well. good? You good, Nolan? I'm, I'm great. Where good. was my invite for that? You were gone oh, in right. Reading. I was in the... And I was in the, the scorching desert of yeah. Redding, California. And I was house-sitting. He was. Last summer? Yeah. yeah, I was. I was in Redding. Wait, I was here? You were here. Remember when the World Cup happened? And you stayed with me for like a week? Or a week and a half? Two weeks? Yeah. And we watched the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking 2018 World Cup. That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought of it today and put it in the intro. And oh, no, okay. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking was Women's soccer. World Cup. Oh, and no, I was no, like, no, no. that didn't happen. No. Yeah. Okay. In Nolan's time away, he yeah. remembered those blissful days. Yes. As I was gazing up under the stars. Oh, Scott, I love you so much. Yeah, I and you. I'm. Nolan was like, "Yeah, I just need to get away and like rest my brain and like get ready for the LSAT." And I was like, "Okay, cool. I've got a really good fantasy trade football, fantasy football trade for you. But you know what? You're resting. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about it." Come to find out, one of our other friends was like, yeah, "I was texting Nolan the whole time he was gone about a, a fantasy football not trade." Not the whole time. Okay, according to him, he's like, yeah, a long time. <laughs> so then Nolan comes back, and like, not four hours after he like gets back, it's like, oh, Nolan and Brad have a fantasy football <laughs> trade. I was like, what the crap, dude? <laughs> I was, my batteries were recharged. I was ready to go. And I, I texted him from a mountain peak where I had mountain cell service. peak. At like well, 8,300 feet. And it was I'm a better. good trade. I came away with like 30 more points this week because of it. So Yeah. So that was good. I'm just sad because of... Well, we're moving on. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, sorry, Scott. Well, in other more exciting news, uh, San Diego yeah. has been confirmed as a USL championship team for the 2020 season, and the boys have already plans to the go down trip. to San Diego for that away game next yes. year. We're going to do it. We could just sleep on the beach. There you go. Sleep on some surfboards. Or we could go beach camping or something. Yeah. Or just stay in a hotel. Be the There's got to be somebody that we know in <laughs> yeah. San Diego. I have some friends. I have some connections. Yeah. I got I got people. Mm. People got people. Um, in other news, freaking Blackwood scored again on Wednesday, but then did not score on Saturday. Oh, he's getting dry. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. The magic. Yeah, they should cut him. Magic is gone. So is that, they, yeah. Trade and then him. we can re-sign him. Yeah. <laughs> what is that, four goals, though, in like five games or something? I, I think it's five and four and five four and six or five and six or something like that we'll take him and they can have bonomo <clears throat> yep 
Um, <laughs> in other sad news, yes. just moving right along here, unfortunately, Derek Formella's father passed away hours before the game against Rio Grande Valley at home. We didn't know why he wasn't in the lineup. Um, some of you guys sent us some DMs on Instagram of the story or the the video that the team put out. Um, and this is getting some actually some news, you know, catching around the international soccer scene that um, he, you know, of his celebration when he scored the game winner and then he broke down in tears. Uh, Copa 90 picked it up, which you don't know Copa 90. Copa 90 is a pretty well-known uh, soccer news outlet. They mainly pick up the major stories. Um, so a lot of transfers between big clubs and stuff, but they picked this up. Um, Formella, ESPN FC and Bleacher Report as well. Yep. Uh, so Formella was gone for that game. He said he also, or sorry, not gone for that game. He was gone for the Oklahoma City game. But I just saw that today he landed in San Francisco, and is going to be ready for this game against, um, sorry, against El Paso. Mm. Um, and. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but I, I think we would say maybe we missed him, mm-hmm. which is a development. Anyway, finally, Phoenix Rising FC. Mm. Well, screw those guys. <laughs> Scott, what happened? Um, well, so first of all, they didn't throw beers, to the best of my knowledge. Oh, good for them. So, congratulations. They didn't get canceled. Good job. Uh, unfortunately fans. for them, they lost to Fresno. Yes. That's what you get for hitting players with beer cans. That's probably was exactly Fresno FC's goal. Like, oh, you throw beer cans. Well, we're going to score two goals on you. That's probably what they motivate themselves with. Like, and did you guys, by any chance, watch the highlights of this game? No. So, uh, Fresno score in like the 65th, 68th minute, something like that. Pretty, pretty long in the game. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix equalizes in about the 72nd or 75th minute. Uh, and then Fresno scores a couple minutes after that mm. to make it two to one off of a penalty. Oh. Fresno, or not, sorry, Fresno. Um, Phoenix then go on to win two penalties. Solomon Asante has the first one saved. CJ Cochran saves the first one and then hits the post on the second. Solomon Asante, Solomon Asante did not convert two straight penalties within about 10 minutes of each other. Wow. Yeah. So if they would have, I mean, it's significant. If they would have at least gotten the draw, the the streak would have gone from a win streak to an unbeaten streak, and they could have continued. Yeah. Something. Now it's just dead. Mm. So. Good. (laughs) Good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that. Now we can stop talking about it, finally. Jeez, thank you. Yep. Now, transitioning to... uh, a humbling note, yes. let's say that. Mm. If uh, if on September the 18th, you were, you know, just going about your morning, maybe getting your, your coffee, checking your uh, checking your Instagram, you received a DM from us Yes, mm. that was obviously spam. <laughs> we here, the boys at the 916 Republic podcast, would like to formally apologize. Uh, we have identified the hacker. It is a middle schooler that plays for the Tacoma Defiance. <laughs> yes. Um, he has since been arraigned. Will be facing felony charges. Um, Crimes against humanity. Exactly. Yes. Uh, but here at the 916 Republic, we would just we, we we sincerely apologize for the inconvenience. We have beefed up our security. Mm. We changed our password. Mm. Um, 
and we will make sure that never happens again. Hopefully. <laughs> it's hard to promise these things. I promise you. In today's age, these kids, these kids, these Seattle. Tacoma kids, man, yeah. they might not be that good at soccer yet, but they do know how to hack an Instagram page. Yeah, and, and if you don't know what we're talking about, there was probably maybe good. two or three hundred people of our about nine hundred or a thousand followers yeah. that got direct DM, messages, yeah. DMs. Um, some people got really upset and unfollowed us. We messaged you guys and said, "Hey, we're sorry." This is this is not us. Like we're not we're not a spam account. Mm. Um, but within about twelve minutes from the time that the first message went out to the time when we corrected the problem and notified Instagram, um, there was a few hundred of you. So if you see a DM from us that looks suspicious, like well, why are we why are they giving me a thousand dollars? Trust me, we do not have a thousand dollars. So ignore that. We apologize sincerely. Yes, but it would be great if we could <laughs> at some point start turning this whole shebang <laughs> over for a profit so <laughs> why is it so funny I just so, need to, oh we sorry for being stupid <laughs> and looking at our instagram hacked but if yeah. you could leave us a good review <laughs> on iTunes, if you could that just, would be great <laughs> if you could just interact on itunes take two minutes out of your day just to give us a cup hopefully a five-star rating and drop a comment that says we're great and smart and you know, are very professional and don't let our Instagram accounts get hacked. That would be amazing because iTunes does uh, take these uh, comments and ratings into account when um, putting us in, like, making us pop up in search engines and stuff. So if you could do that, I would greatly appreciate yes. it. Yes. Because we just want all of our great content to be... To reach more ears. To reach more people. So that's that. Yeah, and the idea behind the podcast when Nolan and I first started, again, was... We want to connect people. Mm-hmm. Um, if the only thing we're doing is just going on here and ranting about how Bichev sucks and how that one guy for Oklahoma City looks like a, a predator or whatever from <laughs> Alien vs. Predator um, and has pineapple hair, yeah. then we're kind of wasting our time and our money and we're wasting everyone else's time. The idea is that we can come and create a community of people that want to share common thoughts and ideas. And that's why we are trying to be more and more and more and more active on social media and part of that is about getting people that don't know we exist to be able to find out that we exist so Mm. that's why those reviews and ratings are so important moving on now to the oklahoma city review well for starters cameron awasa not there boy has an injury uh Still not sure quite how severe it is. This is not a good sign, though. He did not travel with the team. Uh, was not there, and it was noticeable. Um, zero zero draw. To be honest with you, I, I went back. We, here Again, here at the 916 Republic, we give you the best quality content. I went mm. back and watched this game for a third time wow. today. Mm. Okay, third time, all right? Premium quality analysis is what you're getting all this right this is what happens when you graduate college ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yeah you have lots of time to rewatch and then re-rewatch <laughs> soccer anyway re-re-watch, re-re-watch, <laughs> what i saw was really a tale of two halves sac republic came out as we often do with a lot of energy and we put on a lot of great scoring opportunities and created a lot of chances in the final third looked in my opinion the beginning of the game, first half, very dynamic in the final third. We go to halftime, 0-0, and we come out looking very frustrated. 
we seem to force the ball a lot in the second half. And when those forced attempts in the final third on offense didn't work because we were forcing, we didn't know what to do, and we looked very stagnant. We put on 21 total shots, which is a lot of shots. We had 15 scoring opportunities. A lot of that came in the first half. Looked pretty stagnant in the second. Nolan, what'd you think? Yeah, um, watching the game and at the final whistle, kind of what came to my mind was uh, an episode of the This Is Football Amazon series um, that just came out. Um, and the episode title is, I believe, Chance. And it goes over just the luck variables that are involved mm-hmm. in the game of, of football slash soccer. Um, and to my mind, Sacramento just on the night as a whole was unlucky. And I know that <clears throat> a lot of like puritanical soccer fans, analysts are going to say, you know, oh, unlucky is just a, a term that weak people use to to cover their inadequ- their insufficiency and inadequacy. But honestly, I do think that there were many, many chances for Sacramento to score in that on another night would have resulted in a goal. Um, just the two that stood out to me were two headed on um, balls, one from Anna Volson that was pretty brilliantly slaved, and then another one from Juice Gundrick from a, um, or Skundrich, whatever, from a, uh, a corner that the ball got bobbled around just outside the six, the six yard line um, and was saved by the keeper headed over, I believe. Um, yeah. And to be, to be fair, if you were watching this game and thought like, wow, we, you know, we, we did create a good amount of chances, but there were maybe only one or two that were solid chances. We had 12 shots from within the box, mm-hmm. seven shots in total on target. So it, it's not like, even if we were taking lower percentage shots, the amount of shots that we took combined with the amount that were on goal, you would think that chances are one goes in. To to me, the unlucky thing starts started before the match. It was Cameron Owasa not being healthy. If Cameron Owasa is in this game, I think Sacramento plays slightly differently, and I think that we probably score a goal. And Warner, Warner on the bench. Yeah, that, I think that might have just been rotation. I don't, but he's been ro- he's been yeah. he's been rotating. He's yeah, he's been continuously for the past like four or five games. Like we, Zach and I went back and looked yesterday. I think he started one in the past four games. Yeah, um, I I don't get it. Maybe Simon Elliott. I don't know. They talk a lot about players being started for the match because of the um, of who they're playing. Like it doesn't really you don't really. You know what I mean? Like maybe Simon Elliott saw something in Bijev that was better in facing Oklahoma than Sam Warner. I don't know if he feels that Sam Warner is more of a defensive liability, which I I don't see. But I think the team wanted to play a bit more direct, and Bijev's taller. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, I I don't think that we had the same tactical approach to this match that we did the past two games, where we played really well yeah. and won. Um. There, to to the to what I remember, and I mean I didn't go back and watch it three times like Zach, but um, it was a bit more direct, yeah. and I think that was a conscious decision. Like, hey, we're we have Bonomo against a decent team on the road, and in a game that we mm-hmm. cannot lose, we need to get a point to stay uh, above other teams and to be at a place where 
we are really starting to separate ourselves in the table. So I think it was a conscious decision to play more directly. And I think that that is why Bijev was in there because he is going to, you would think, win more headers than Sam Werner. And if you like Werner as a super sub, then keep bringing him off the bench as a super sub. I don't agree with it. I think they should have tried at least a bit more to create openings with the ball yeah. in the second half. In the, in the first half, I think we did pretty well, and that's where we saw yep. more of our better opportunities. And I think Zach is right. I think they got frustrated and said, okay, we're, we're just going to clear it out. We're going to kick it long because we don't want to lose this game. I don't know. Maybe it, it works out in the long run because this point is the thing that separates us from a couple of other teams in the table, but I'm not sure. And I mean, if anything, that is one positive takeaway is it's a one point that we come home with it is an away game. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, like kissing your sister, man. It's not fun to take that one point. Obviously you want three, but it's a beautiful image. Zach. Thank you for that. You're and welcome. with that <laughs> burned into my mind, <laughs> I have I have one okay. last thing. Um, so William Hodges on his review of this game, Indubitable City and on, Soccer, yeah, and on Indubitable City Soccer said, I think the fans can live with the point on the road, but the game lacked cohesion and passion that you would expect or at least hope for this late in the season, and that will likely frustrate the Republic faithful. There were no real takeaways, which is definitely what I feel. But I guess if you were looking for a bright spot, they did at least get a point. Hmm. That's kind of our feeling. I don't think yep. we need to belabor that anymore. No. It's not fun to. But looking forward into the future to more exciting, fun, three-point filled games. I love your transitions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They uh, soothe my soul. They soothe. They, it just feels good to, to just talk sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a lullaby. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but <laughs> So uh, humble. Anyway, on Saturday... The, at Papa Murphy's Park, it's still Papa Murphy's Park. Papa Murphy's Park. Uh, yeah. Sacramento's facing. No, they haven't changed the name. Well, for some <laughs> reason, Bonnie Field went through my mind. I'm like, I, literally, I've not been a fan since Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie Field. Field but man. I don't know what. And then Darius Formella said like PMP. I was like, what's PMP? Oh, Papa Murphy's, Papa Murphy's Park. PIMP, baby. He knows pimp. English better than I do. <laughs> yeah. Heading back to the poop. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Wow, I totally forgot where I was. El Paso. The <laughs> game, Paso, the El game Paso. against El Paso in Sacramento <laughs> on Saturday. Yes. Um, we have some exciting things to talk about there. Um, just a quick uh, brief on where El Paso is right now in the Western Conference. They're sitting at 10th on 28 games with 39 points. A win against Sacramento would put them up into 8th place on the table. Um, and so they are right in that playoff hunt. Um maybe not going to go up and take like a top four spot although they are only i believe five or six points off of sacramento um so there's still many games to be played they're five yeah five, five, five points, five points yeah. off okay yeah so it's still pretty pretty tightly packed between you know boom being fourth and having a, a, yeah. a home playoff game or being 10th and having to have true play in the wild card slash playing around whatever they want to call it and then going away again on the road um, and playing another playoff game. So um, they are very much in it. They're going to be dialed in. Uh, a couple of just notes on the team, because I, I just like I like going and reading about the crests of, of each team. They have mm. a very interesting uh, story behind their team crest. They the have locomotive. like... Yeah, the locomotive. And they have... There's the one thing that stood out to me that 
was just kind of funny, but also like seemed to be really politically incorrect was they have, (laughs) you know, that thing on the front of the train, the blade, the blade point thing. Yeah. It's called a, a like cow shuffler or something like that because apparently i think i think they would like hit cows on the on the railroad oh because it, it would be in the middle of a giant yeah, field yeah and a cow, a cow would, would be in the middle yeah, of and, like, so those were designed to to kill get cattle just like Poof. yeah so without, it wouldn't derail trains right and so but this is like <laughs> one of the four pillars of their team crest and it's but there's a so it's like the little the little great it's like a graded plow right 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 right, right. And there's 11 of the greats and it's like uh the 11 the 11 pillars of the, the the cow shuffler is stands for the 11 players on the team as they foray through the, the so do you guys know what field. rio grand valley's mascot is no it's no. the toro no way oh, no which is way. spanish for <laughs> bull bull man they must so they plow other. bulls wow they're the bull plowers that's just an Have obvious natural oh yeah they're in the west did yeah. they beat them i don't know let's look, so i'll look it up they keep talking it. Anyway, so I thought I thought that was hilarious, um, but also just kind of like really sad. Back. SPCA is that the animal rights one? SPCA. Yeah, you should get on them because that is bad, <laughs> very very bad. And any bad PR that goes to a to a rival team is good PR for it's Sacramento. It's good PR for me. So I think that that is horrifying and should be changed. And now now the, back to soccer. Back to soccer. <laughs> um, one more thing. Oh yeah, Scott. So they drew two two with Rio Grande Valley. In March, huh. and that was the first match. The second match, they lost 1-0 to Rio Grande, to Valley. Rio Grande Valley. They can't even... So they got plowed. They, didn't ha, even, they can't ha. even play for the crest. The bull <laughs> fights back. That is embarrassing. Um, but they also have a really, really cool third kit, which I saw on their website, and I kind of wanted it. It's like a very, very beautiful design. I've never seen anything like it. Um, Are you and, talking about their culture kit? Yeah, it's blue with like you dark like, like a darker it, blue, and it has yeah. like um like flowers, oh, and yeah, like bright stuff on it. It looks like a um what's that? Very Coco? Latin, yeah, like Mexican yeah, themed. It, yeah, it looks like the cover of Coco, just bright and beautiful. Oh, yes, 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 totally yes. It is, re- it is really cool. Yeah, um, made me want to buy it. So Sacramento's culture kit is their third kit, their city kit. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, is that a thing with the USL? Like yes. Like a culture kit. Oh, well, they did a really good it job. Does that looks really cool? I have to give it to them. So USL know. did better than Sacramento, in my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, it looks really good. So check it out. That's fun. Um, but on the pitch, they have played Sacramento already before in El Paso. They beat Sac three to one. Speaking of getting cow plowed, getting plowed, they plowed yeah. Sacramento. Drew Scundridge got his goal better. in this game, mm-hmm. um, but it was too little, too late, and El Paso walked away at home with all three points against Sacramento. Um, Scott just said that off the show that they are a totally different team because they've brought in a lot of players. I, I didn't mean to say that they're completely different tactically. Okay. I think they're the same tactically, but different players. You can at this at this level, you can easily be better than other teams, but at the same time, you can also easily get found out because it's not like you're playing with the most tactically astute and, and talented players. And that's not a knock on anyone in the league at all. It's just a realization that we're in the second division of american football you're just not gonna have the most talented players in the world so i think that as an expansion team they've hit a little wall and they also had maybe some injuries and they needed to bring in some players so there might be some names that you 
recognize um, Sebastian Velasquez being one that spent a long time with, well, not a long time because the team's not been around that long, but spent a few years with the Real Monarchs, went to South Korea. Um, he's, he's a number 10, and in South Korea played more of a number 8, number 6 role. Mm-hmm. Um, cool guy. I listened to an interview with him and had the opportunity to go back to USL and play in El Paso and jumped on it, and he's he's talented yeah. and he's experienced. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. I, I don't think they're the dominant team that they were early on. Mm. They're like New Mexico. They were dominant, and now they've dropped off a little bit. So yeah. that's all that was. Okay. Um, I'll let Zach talk about Jerome Kiesewetter, give a little history on his season because that's his boy. Um, but also say hi to James Kiffey because he will be most likely on the team sheet and traveling to Sacramento. It's always good to see a former quail amongst the enemy. Former quail. Unless you're yeah. Blackwood. Unless you're Tyler Blackwood. Yeah, then we don't like you right now. You're then sour it's like, to us. Yeah. Make me jealous. Anyway, Zach, would you like to talk about Jerome Kisavetti? Uh, You know, we've talked about him. I've talked about him a lot before. I, I, I really like the guy. Um, when he's healthy, the man is deadly. He had a brace against us a couple months ago. Um, just a solid, super good striker up top and somebody that can just clinically put away goals he was hurt like between sacramento's beating and now being revisited by i El think Paso. about two weeks ago he got healthy yeah and he scored um his first game back mm-hmm. his second game back yeah so he he is a, pl- a striker to watch out for one guy that i picked out that was interesting for el paso is their they play their midfield is is weird i've seen four two three one four one four one um four three three Richie Ryan is more of like a 6'8 oh, yeah. player. Yeah. Um, he's a 34-year-old Irishman who's playing for El Paso. At one point uh, in the season, he was leading the league in pass accuracy. Um, and he's currently, his pass ac- passing accuracy rate is 89% in the op- opposition half, so it's a little higher. Um, his average is like 91 point something. Um, and so my kind of point going into this game is will Simon Elliott demonstrate some sort of like tactical insight in trying to to shut down Richie Ryan's passing through Sacramento's midfield is he going to deploy like a more of a um a 10 that's going to be able to break up that passing from um from El Paso's midfield or is it going to be Enavolson at the 10 or Owasa if he's healthy and someone else up so that's a very good point I think that if if Cameron Owasa is healthy then it should be Awasa up top with Enavolson underneath him because I think Enavolson has shown that he can organize not just the press but organize the midfield defense. Mm-hmm. You know, you see him again, like we were talking about last episode, peek over his shoulder and point and stuff. So I, I think Enavolson is smart enough to do that. If it's not Enavolson there, and then I think he should be played up top if Cameron Awasa is not healthy enough because we need the finisher mm-hmm. finishing. That does take away a little bit of chance creation, but I think if you push Skundrick up and bring in Partain or yeah, put yeah. Partain at the ten, the 10, that's what I was thinking, and leave Skundrick back, and you have to just tell Jaime Villarreal you've got to talk more and you've got to organize the 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 midfielders because if Sacramento tries to play with Enavolson too far up, then it's our midfield two against their midfield three, and we're going to get picked apart. Yeah. So you you have to designate someone to take him out. He's been a good player in this league for a while, so you have to account for him in some way. Yeah. Did, have we seen Hayden Partain play 
in the 10 this season or at all for a second? Yeah, he's played a few games further up. I think there was that stretch of like four or five games when he was starting with Jaime Villarreal. Yeah. And that was when uh, I think like Anna Volton had just got here. Yeah. And it was very much, they were the midfield two. Yeah. And Anna Volton was way further up. Now we've seen Anna Volton drop, drop between the, the midfielders. He's, yeah. he's dropped a bit. And then Skundrick has come in, and now Skundrick has been playing pretty well. So I think Skundrick is the hotter hand. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to leave Skundrick in there in the position that he's at. Yeah. And use Partain in the position that he played in college. If it's nothing against Bonomo, I just don't think he's diverse enough, ta- like technically. Mm. He's not the type of forward that's going to cause defenses to worry so much that it draws center backs out of position. Mm-hmm. Iwasa is that type of forward. I think that's why we've seen holes open up against teams. And we're thinking like, oh, okay, well, what about what about against Rio Grande Valley? Okay, well, Rio Grande Valley is not a good team on the road. They're just not. They're 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 kids. They're they're good, mm-hmm. but they're just not defensively organized it, it, we can say the same thing about Tacoma like Tacoma is just not as defensively organized as other teams mm-hmm. even though we're going to be at home El Paso is going to be organized they have good players so we need a mobile forward to pull people out of position that's why the partnership of Awasa and Enavolton is so good is because they're so mobile yeah Bonomo's not mobile not at all he is a statue he picks his point and says, try to put the ball on my head, and hopefully I can jump over the center backs. Yeah. He has had some good flicks, but those are all in transition. Yeah. So Sacramento, if you're going to play with Bonomo, you have to say, you almost have to press more so that you create turnovers so that you're all, you're more in transition. Yeah. If you try to sit back against uh, El Paso which you're going to have to because they are a high possession team then it it's not going to work because what you need from Monomo is to have him facilitate off of the transition he needs to be the guy getting the assist mm. because he's not mobile so he needs to be able to get the ball from the midfielder or defender that turns the ball over and lay it off to one of the wingers or Enavoldson if it's Awasa, he's able to play a bit more. So I think Sacramento can enforce more dominance in possession, which negates what El Paso wants to do with the ball. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that Awasa's back. If Awasa's not back, then I think you have to put Enavolton at forward and bring in Partain. If you don't want to bring in Partain, I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm not going to be upset if you put Bijev a little bit in that role mm-hmm. and see how it works. He's played it before. He's technically gifted. Yeah, and we were remarking about this last game. He seems to be trying a bit more defensively. Yeah, that's yeah. What I, yeah. He he has a little bit higher engine. And yeah. I think Zach pointed that out. Uh yeah, it 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 doesn't look pretty. It's not comfortable for him, I don't think, but I don't care like if you can just the effort was there, and I yeah. I, at one point, I was like, "Hey, at least he's trying. Like, at least he's getting back. At least he's putting in 
that effort. Because that was our concern with Formella was like, this guy looks lost defensively. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what really hurt us a lot in the Phoenix game was that they just went down his side because he he wasn't in the right position. So if he can, if he being Bijev, can stay disciplined defensively Active against El Paso, defensively. then I think we'll be okay. And then you can put Formella out on the wing and say, hey, just stay with this fullback as they try to bomb forward. Hmm. Uh, you could also... If you're trying to play with the ball a bit more, then I think you need to get Werner in the game somehow. So you could also put Werner out on the wing and say, "Hey, you, Darius Formello, you've had a hard week. I'll bring you in as a sub." And flying to be like just practically flying back and forth from Poland with that much time change and fatigue. Like, he was probably he was flying for like 36 fit. hours. Yeah, like he probably had such like I know he got back Monday. Yeah, and the game's on. Excuse me, and there's a fly. There's a game on Saturday. Yeah. But still. So these guys are athletes, and it's really hard. That's really hard on your body. Yeah. Um, I want to see Hayden Partain get more involved. I just to, – to me, he just – so the, one of the things I love in football is just being inspired. And for whatever reason, Hayden Partain just inspires me. He's just gritty. He gets things done. You rarely see a mistake come from him. Um, and so, yeah, Skundrick has been hot, but – I don't know. I think Hayden. I think he scored the winner against Portland when Sacramento needed a, a win. Yeah, um, I, I think the thing with both of them, them being Partain and Skundrick, mm-hmm. is they have lapses. Yeah, they they have moments where they're passing. Really, what we're talking about is their passing. They have moments where their passing is brilliant. Or with Partain, we've seen him be able to rip shots from deep. Mm-hmm. There are moments where you go, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing!" But then there are moments where you just you, fall asleep. you just they make big mental errors. Skundrick got a yellow early on in this game uh, against Oklahoma and it was difficult for him to remain physically involved in the game. Mm. He, he he had to really watch to get, because he didn't want to get that second yellow. Mm. Partain has had those moments too where he's he's just not made the wisest decision. So those are those are my concerns will be fun speaking of concerns i i think that if we weren't just talking about el paso as a preview they would be a candidate for the western conference danger ranking playoff edition but if you have not heard this segment on the show before because you're a new listener because you're awesome um hmm. let's just explain this real fast so what we are about to do is talk about three teams one each for each co-host for a team that we think is going to be dangerous for Sacramento to play in the playoffs. Again, this is playoff edition. So this isn't, oh, hey, we're looking at the lineup and or the, the upcoming uh, games. and We're looking ahead. Yeah, we're, we're looking, we're looking to past. The we're looking in the playoffs. And it's only five games away. We are specifically looking at a team that we could play round one. So Phoenix, Fresno, Reno, we're not going to play them round one. At least we're hoping. So and we obviously know that they'd be dangerous. So those are obvious. We're not going to waste your time with obvious things. So Zach is going to start. Then we're going to go to Nolan. We'll end with me. Three teams that we think are dangerous matchups, Western conference playoffs, round one, Zach, your team go. Well, I'm going to give you outside of the top three, probably the most obvious choice, um, which is orange County. 
Orange County right now because of the Phoenix uh, winning streak that was broken has a six-game winning streak, which is the longest current winning streak in the USL Championship right now. They, in that six-game stretch, have 13 goals, two assists, or 13 goals, two goals against, a 13-2 goal differential. And last week, I said, hey, this playoff system, it rewards momentum. It rewards a good current run of form. That is exactly what Orange County has right now. They have a deadly one-two striker pairing. They like to play two up top. Michael Seaton, who has 12 goals. Darwin Jones, 11. They have combined the two of them for 23 goals. It's a rivalry as well. And it's going to be a, a tough game if we meet them in the playoffs. And on top of that, if we had, if the playoffs started today, this is the team we would play round one in the playoffs. A very hot Orange County team. Yeah, that was yeah. good. I like it. I like it. The The only thing that uh, that is my... Sorry, I'm, I'm mumbling. Uh, <laughs> like, I talked to Zach about this earlier. The only thing with team form, talking about team form and how it might affect um, a playoff run in the USL, is I just think it's wholly irrelevant um, because we see these instances over and over again where mm-hmm. eight seeds are knocking out the one seed in the first round when, or I guess, the playoff structure is slightly different now. So I guess a 10 seed could knock out a one seed if they break. Anyway, um, yeah, I team form is just not a factor in one-off games um all it takes is one guy one team having a bad night and the other doing okay and next thing you know phoenix who had a 20 game win streak are out of the playoff in the first round because orange count or you know la galaxy 2 i'm going to talk about got hot or something like that um so maybe maybe you have a, a different opinion on on the the team form affecting playoff contention but that's just my that's my feeling because I'm pessimistic. Yes, Scott. Well, I think that in those cases, oftentimes, more more often than not, um, that underdog team that comes in and beats them, it, they come in and they beat them because they have nothing to lose. Mm. They have no pressure and they're in a good run of form. So, I think that yeah, I I, I hear you, mm. but like, I think if you looked at those like underdog teams. It's because they have no pressure. They're playing well right now, and and they just they're in a good run of form, and they're able to just knock off a top team. Yeah. And that's what I've seen from Orange County. They're they're just in a time right now. They get they were at really the bottom of the table with nothing to lose, and they were like, no, that's not how we're going to go out. They're on a six game winning streak. They're up to uh, fourth place, um, and I think that personally, I think that that has a big effect on your ability to play well in the playoffs mm-hmm. yeah all right well let's get to nolan's like team my galaxy two danger ranking or my playoff danger team is the la galaxy two um they are currently sitting on ninth place in the western conference 29 games played 40 points overall so only four points off of sacramento um and the big reason that i picked the los dos as my danger team is because one, um, I've talked about them a lot before. They were in my like initial Western Conference danger rankings um, just because they are a big rivalry game, um, have a lot of young, talented players mixed in with older, experienced players, blah, 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 blah. Um, the big thing for me that makes me scared in a 
uh, in a playoff one-off game against Sacramento is that one they're young they're hungry they're talented but the style of play they play a very attacking 4-3-3 because they want to model um, what LA Galaxy are implementing at the MLS level um, so they're playing the same the same style of football at the the USL championship level and I just don't think that Sacramento will be able to cope with that kind of playing style like we saw in the 1-0 loss that Sacramento suffered at the hands of LA Galaxy 2 I think they'll be overrun in midfield um, and that that it would be they would be a very hard um, team to figure out tactically for Sacramento yeah and I think kind of what you were saying about um, form not mattering I a little bit disagree but I could see where for the Galaxy that would be true because it would probably be Sacramento hosting the Galaxy like we would be the fourth seed and maybe they work their way up to the fifth seed or something like that and Sacramento has lost at home to the Galaxy in the playoffs before because they came out they got the first goal and they were able to sit back and we weren't able to do anything so they have history like this organization even though it's different coach different players they have a history of doing that to Sacramento so I could definitely see how they would be a dangerous team agreed and I I agree that tactically it's not the best matchup though I I would say that they can they they show they they show that they have weaknesses um part part of that is their their players are just so young and and inexperienced that the moment might be too big for them Mm. that being said again we're at a point in the season where we're kind of in playoff light mode for some teams and other teams are in playoff mode la galaxy 2 are are in that you know they're if they're not getting results they might be out the team I'm going to talk about right now mm-hmm. is the Portland Timbers too. Oh. They are even lower in the table. They are, uh, I believe, in 13th. Not far off, though. Uh, 12th, excuse me. They are in 12th. 29 games played, 38 points. The team in 10th, which is, as we just talked about, El Paso, has 39 points. So they're they're right there. Yep. But they need to get results in their last five games to be in the in the playoffs because it is so close one mistake could be the death of you and we've seen them beat sacramento mm-hmm. i think that if it is the playoffs the timbers organization is going to send their good players on loan um the ones that they are allowed to because of roster rules and stuff and I think they're going to say, okay, go get some experience and some a meaningful, even more meaningful than normal match. Mm-hmm. And I think that they could come into Sacramento and really cause some trouble because their wingers are so fast. They counter very quickly, and they are solid defensively. So I think that they could be a very dangerous, dangerous team for those reasons. And I think they have a really good coach. That's another kind of wild card that you, you know, some teams have good coaches, some teams don't. And if you're in the playoff playoffs where it's one game, winner take all, and your coach sets your team up better than the opposition, you don't have to have the most talented players. Even though I think Portland Timbers two players are very talented. So 
they, I think, are a, a wild card danger team that if they sneak into the playoffs in the 10th spot and maybe Sacramento falls down from 5 to 7, which is very realistic, mm-hmm. be concerned. Be concerned on that midweek game at home in, in Sacramento. Do you guys have anything else to add for this episode? We are coming up right on 45 minutes. Don't no you way. say it. Oh. Don't you do it. Say don't what? you do it. I don't want to hear it. What do you want to hear? It was so quiet last What week don't you want to hear? Without you here. <laughs> Zach. And your stupid. What don't you want to hear? Stupid comment oh. that you give at the end of every episode. Oh, okay. Well, since you've been so rude about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little mean. salty now. It's my favorite word. It's not mine. It's my favorite phrase. All right. Wow. <laughs> I love this game. Oh, God. That was loud. That yes, was it, yes, it Why was loud. <laughs> I have not checked the availability of those shirts since they <laughs> I'll do that right now. All right, guys. Well, that is going to be the end of our show. We will see you next week, hopefully with good news yes. from this El Paso game. Yeah. As always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.